Um, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Ugly Savage. I honestly wasn't even going to make this episode. Like, I, I've been just debating it. I've been going back and forth with it. And I don't know. I'm just kind of sitting here. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, I've been up all night. And I've just really had a time or some time to reflect on how great this year has been music-wise. And I kind of just wanted to do a small retrospect about everything and kind of just like plotting and timeline and everything and just kind of giving my opinions and thoughts of some of the new artists that have came out this year the new albums some of the biggest albums some of the biggest songs just everything you know checking out some of the charts seeing what music has been doing and just kind of analyzing everything in a small summary retrospect whatever you want to call it this podcast is not going to be extremely long. It's probably going to be anywhere from 30 to like 45 minutes. So if you can stay through the whole podcast or if you can, I'll just appreciate you listening. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into it. Okay, so for this podcast, I'm majorly going to be doing it in this in like 10 minute segments some segments are probably going to be a bit longer so now that i think about it this podcast might not be anywhere near 30 minutes it might actually be way more but for this first segment i honestly wanted to check out the billboard end of the year charts the top 100 songs and even look at some of the top albums these are not my opinions these are just off of sales streams and all that stuff that goes into how billboard ranks and charts their music um, of course, I think most people know that for this whole year, without any of, like, just looking at everything, Old Town Road, um, did very well this year, ranking in at number one, which, that isn't no surprise, it was on repeat on the radio for God knows, for weeks, a month, probably, you know, one or two months, it was up there, and they was playing it and playing it, and it stayed at number one for like the week's charts for what like 10 weeks it broke like records and everything so of course you know that comes up in first i probably look at the top 10 because i think that's to keep this segment a bit, a bit short then second place we have sunflower post malone and swali um i like sunflower it's um one of the songs off the soundtrack for the spider-man animation movie um i heard that movie was really good i have not watched the movie i've been trying to catch up on horror movies so i didn't watch that but sunflower is a really good song it's catchy uh it has a very light sound it's very digestible for contemporary listeners like it's not a bad song at all i actually really enjoy the song i just don't listen to it like crazy but if it comes on i'm not against or opposed to it playing um number three we have without me by halsey um the song is is okay it's a good contemporary pop song i don't find anything wrong with it it's not one of my favorite halsey songs i actually prefer her older music and maybe that's just me a lot of people think her new music is better um her new music is good but i I don't i don't know i just don't listen to her newer stuff as much and even in her older stuff i'm not too big on but i think overall she's a decent artist if we're just looking at music wise and sonically she's a pretty good artist and then the number four, we have Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Um, I 
a good song. It's it's fun. It's you know, like I said, it has those um sims and bass and it's just something you can listen to when you get this uh thump in your foot, you know, you nod your head, you bop your head a bit. Because it's a very sonically with the instrumentation or the production more rather I'd say is um actually really great in my opinion. I prefer, you know, and you know, Billy's um voice is a she has a very nice voice. She doesn't really use it to her fullest potential on that song in particular, but either way she has a very great voice. Um and fifth we have Wow by Post Malone. Uh like I said, an okay song. I never really find a lot of Post Malone songs to be out of this world good. Or, you know, every time I hear a song, it's like, okay, you know, that's good. It's catchy. Um, I don't really have too much to say on that song. I want to keep this segment kind of short. And number six, we have Happier with Marshmallow. Um, I'm not a big fan of the song. Like, you know, just that's just like biased. But objectively, I can get why people have been hooked on and it's been on the radio like I said for a lot of these songs the only reason why they get streamed so much is because it's aimed for the contemporary pop listeners it's your pop is contemporary that's what people come to the most that's the big mainstream thing of it all which is why the song did so good commercially um and seventh we have seven ranks by Ariana Grande um Ariana Grande, you even if you don't like her music, you can't debate that she she has a great voice. Uh, every time she sings, she has a you know very balanced voice, and I feel like she she's very she's a very talented woman. But um, I'm not a big fan of the song. I feel like it, you know it got played so much. Like you know some songs, if it comes on, I'm not gonna say turn it off, turn it off. Like it's not a bad song at all. But personally, on the bias, subjective note, it's just not one of the my top songs of this year. No, it's far from actually. Um, eighth place we have Talk by Khalid. Uh a good song. Like I honestly like that song. Uh, he's definitely been doing really good. Like he's been staying in the public eye. He's been releasing music. Um I feel like he if he continues to go on his path, I can see him having a good amount of longevity in the um mainstream spotlight but then again I'm not sure because I don't really I'm not too heavy heavy on his music like a lot of the other people like I've heard his bigger songs you know if they play on the radio they're always pretty good so you know it is what it is um in ninth place we have Sicko Mode by Travis Scott um that's actually one of a lot of people have been calling that one of the best or one of the better rap songs of this year and understandable, it has great beats, which is uh Travis Scott is an amazing rapper, whether you know even if even if you're not a big fan of the quote unquote mumble rap you know shenanigans and you know he does use auto tune and I think he uses it you know he uses it in a way that enhances his voice like a lot of the rappers uh kind of depend on it. To make their music and have their sound. I think he just uses it to enhance his voice. Because he can rap without auto-tune. He's done it a few times. And it, his music is still great. It's still on par with if he used auto-tune. Or if he doesn't use auto-tune or not. He's a great rapper. Sycamore is a great song. 
you know, the verses, you know, it's just, I know it may not be for everyone, cause, but it's a lot of people who are calling it one of the better rap songs of the year, yes, but I don't think it's, you know, it's a lot of people who didn't like it because of the, you know, whether it be the production or, you know, just your old head who doesn't like mumble rap, it, it's, it's still, in my opinion, a really good song. Um, Number 10, we have Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. I've never really been a big fan of Jonas Brothers. Uh, you know, I've heard the song. It's been on the radio. Like, you can't miss it, even if you just hear it once. Uh, it, it For me, it's like, I, it's not something I would put on at all. But either way, like I said, it's another good contemporary pop song. That if that's what you, if you listen to mainstream pop all the time, you're going to like that song. Because you're going to fall into that pit of it being played on the radio so much that you just end up knowing the lyrics by the end of the week. Because it's been playing so much. If that's just like your thing, that's your thing. Um, so that's the end of this segment for the, on the billboard for the top 10 songs. The year-end charts of 2019. Uh, let's go into the next segment. Why don't we? Okay, so still on our next segment, we're going to be doing... It's called the top Billboard 200 albums year-end charts of this year. But I'm not going to go over all 200. For this segment, I'm just going to skim through... And talk about the ones I know I've listened to and actually listened to. Um, instead of just doing the top 10 like I did for the last segment. Um, so, I've listened to a good... I, on Estimate, I've tried to keep track of all the albums i listened to. But approximately, I've listened to about 200 albums just this year. It doesn't sound like a lot. Well, it does. 200 albums for this, this year alone. I think it's a good amount of albums. Not all of them being dependently from this year, but majority of them have. I would say about more than maybe 75% of those have just been from this year alone. So, at number one, we have When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. I think everybody knows that album, even if you haven't listened to it, it has been one of the more talked about albums when it comes to like pop singers and contemporary listeners and such. Um, personally, I wasn't too big on it. Like the album, it, the project itself is, you know, a good project. It's decent, but I don't know. It's, it's like every time I listen to it, it just doesn't. I don't know, it just, it's something off about it towards me that I just, for some reason I can't pinpoint it, I just don't like listening to it, you know, it's a couple songs I go back and I listen to it, like, dang, this is a really good song, but cohesively, the body of work for me just doesn't, doesn't sound, not not that it doesn't sound good, my bad, it's just, personally, when I, I try to listen to the full album and I can never actually do it. Like, I got into the full album for a bit, and I listened to it again, and it just kind of stopped. Um, and number six, you have Scorpion by Drake. That's, I wouldn't say it's one of the worst albums of this year, but subjectively, it was very lackluster. It was very mediocre. 
bystanders when I'm talking about Drake projects and albums and all his mixtapes and stuff. He has done way better lyrically, um, even production-wise. Um, Scorpion was just very mediocre for Drake, and I felt like from his past stuff, like Take Care, and if you're reading this, it's too late, and all that. He's very, he's definitely declined in making music, and I just feel like he's more making stuff so that can be played on the radio. Like, he's looking for replayability on the radio. And that's why it's up here, because the streams and the plays and the radio and all this stuff is going into that, basically categorizing, quote-unquote, a score on how you get ranked on this list. Um, Astro World by Travis Scott. Um, hands down, one of, one of the best rap albums of this year, definitely. It's, it's great, you know. Like I said, Travis Scott uses auto-tune to his advantage. He uses it, uses it to enhance his voice. He uses it as a tool and not something as a, like, dependent thing. And the production and the cohesiveness and just... I can go back to that project a lot and still enjoy majority of the tracks. It's only, like, maybe one or two that... I still like the tracks, but they're still not on the level I would love to have them be on if that makes any sense um some of this stuff is actually not even from this year it's from past years like um Don't Smile At Me by Billie Eilish is at number 16 and I, I want to I prefer even though that's not an album it's called an EP if you look on anything it's an EP even though it has more songs than most EPs would. It's categorized as the EP by the label and stuff. So I prefer that over her new album, honestly. I just, you know, I, th- I feel like that project was more genuine, sincere. It didn't sound like with her newest project, it sounds kind of like she's pushing for that edginess. And I don't know, it just, it doesn't, this just doesn't appeal to me. It appeals to a lot of people because it did very well this year. But for me, I just don't feel it, you know? Goodbye and Good Riddance by Juice World. Um, I know, you know, with the, you know, he passed and stuff. And I'm not trying to talk down on him at all. He was a, he was a decent rapper. And I feel like he, he had the talent and he had the skills and things to improve and embark and endeavor and getting better at rapping and, you know, learning versatility and getting his skills sharpened. But Goodbye and Good Riddance, it was a, to me, it, it was, uh, it had a lot of great songs. But I feel like, like I said, it definitely showcased how he needed to work on, what's the word? you know, improving himself as a rapper and as an artist as he had just started. It was a good album, but his newest, his newest album, the one before, you know, not really one right before he passed, but his newest album, that, it was way too long, it was too messy, it just it didn't have all the things that needed to be a cohesive body. Um, we have I Am... And then I am versus I was. I'm saying versus because it just makes sense. But 21 Savage. Um, I feel like as 21 Savage kind of dies out from the uh, 
like it's on the billboard chart so it must be doing well he must still be in the public eye to an extent but i feel like now he has um definitely found us I, I i think a great sound for him uh a lot of people actually really like this it didn't come out this year of course but it's on here for the end of the year like the top albums of streams and stuff so i'm going to go over it real quick because why not uh this is actually an album that came out this year so haha because i love you by lizzo despite all the controversy and all the stuff she's been doing i'm not talk i'm not even here to talk about her as a person i'm over here talking about the music so i feel like lizzo is a very uh, she's a very versatile i won't say versatile but even then she's not as versatile as a lot of people make it out to seem she is a versatile artist in a sense she does know what she does she knows what she's doing she does it pretty well um, I definitely can see her having longevity if she can clean up her act as a uh, person. Because if you are just, she's just starting, she's just got her fame. So she has to be very careful on how she acts and portrays herself. Because these people, cancel culture is very real. <laughs> and they will leave you in the dust as quick as you got on into the game so it's just a quick reminder to just be careful definitely when you get that big like she's really big and it's all kind of happened over a short span of her getting her fame and she's been around for a long long time it's just she's now starting to pick up that fame so in order for her to keep it she needs to clean up her act but we'll talk about that another time maybe um so much fun by young thug Another album that Young Thug has his evolution and just seeing, you know, the different things he has done and seeing what he has contributed and, you know, the influence he kind of has had in the rap game has always amazed me. I thought, I always thought Young Thug was a very talented rapper, even though some people, you know, like the old heads and stuff might not be into him as much because of, you know, quote-unquote, he's a mumble rapper. He, I, so Much Fun was a great, in my opinion, a great album, a great project. The production was clean. It was smooth. It was crisp. I, I liked the majority of the production, honestly. The beats were, you know, fun. You know, they can get you shaking your head or not in your head, per se. Um, it wasn't nothing bad about it. You know, you just kind of loved it. And I'm not saying it was flawless by any means. But regardless, it was a pretty it was a pretty good album in my opinion. I personally wouldn't rate rank it as one of my favorite albums of this year specifically. But regardless of that, regardless of my bi not bias, but subjective thoughts. Objectively is it was a great project. Um at it ranked sixty-three was Dreamville and J. Cole's Revenge of the Dreamers three. Um, Dreamville is probably one of the labels, like, I try to keep up with rap labels, not as much, but kind of just to see where my rappers are, what labels they're on at the time or the moment or whatever they're doing, because I feel like, you know, sometimes you just want to know that information, because honestly, what, what label you on as an artist, definitely when you're beginning and starting to get some rift, can definitely contribute to how far you will make it into the game doesn't really matter what genre you are but your label is very important 
when pursuing music for bigger artists, definitely, because, you know, some of these labels are very money-hungry, so you gotta be careful, but back on the topic, uh, Revenge of the Dreamers 3 had, was probably one of, I would put it in my top five of all time, one of my favorite rap collaborative albums, projects, um, collections, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, you have people like J. Cole, J.I.D., Aaron Lennox, Earthbang. You got all these talented rappers on this one collection, project, album, whatever you want to call it. And it, it was honestly fun. The production was fun. The song You have some of the best, in my opinion, some of the best rap songs on that album. Like Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is one of my favorite rap songs of this um, year. It's just so fun and it's so catchy like you it's nothing it's not a really you know it has a you know a couple of flaws here and there it's not a flawless album but for what it is objectively and subjectively it is a great rap album um and I think it did very great and it pursued what it it needed to it was not I don't feel like it was not one horribly bad song on the album like all of them were decent to great um, rap songs, and even they had some singing in there, like with some singers like Ari Lennox, and they did their thing, and they did what they needed to do to make a good project. So, and then we have at seventy one, we have Eager by Ty the Creator. Uh, this is probably the last album I'm gonna talk about to keep this segment short. Um, Eager by Ty the Creator is one of my favorite albums of this year, hands down. I wouldn't per se it's a, say it's a rap album because he does rap quite a bit in this album, but I feel like it's more like a neon soul. Um, and I'm definitely a big fan of neon soul, soul in general. I love all these elements he um, contributed into making this a cohesive body. The concept, the production, the lyrics, the sound, his voice, the vocals, all of that, the samples as well all contribute and go together cohesively and it's just beautifully done but I'm not going to talk on that too much because I'm probably going to come back on that album for another segment to keep this segment kind of short because I've kind of went past my 10 minute mark that I set for each segment so let me go ahead and go into the next segment and then we can jump right into it Alright, so we're back at it um, for the next segment. We are still on the Billboard. This is the last segment that will be based around Billboard ranks or charts or whatever you want to call them because I'm tired of the Billboard. But I feel like this one is a very important one or one I really kind of just want to go over really quickly. Um, and this is the year-end chart of 2019 Top Artists. Um, there's definitely been a good amount of newcomers into the game that have made a really big splash. And then you have people who have been here for years, been here for a couple of years, and have still been able to cement themselves in this beautiful musical industry. And I just want to touch up on it a bit. This segment will probably be one of the shorter ones, so I'm going to hurry up and get to it. Um, number one, you have Post Malone. I didn't know who I expected for number one, but Post Malone, I feel like, is a good contender 
because you know he, he he's doing very good commercially. And he has a I feel like I personally I like his older stuff better when he was more of a rapper, quote unquote. Now I feel like he's just drifting way more into that pop sound to you know stay in the loop and get on the radio. But, you know, I'm not against it. Like, he's still, this newer stuff still kind of hits. Yeah, this is a couple songs I, you know, listen to and go to from his newer stuff. But I'm always catching myself playing his old stuff. Um, second, we have Ariana Grande. Like I said, very talented singer. Although I do not prefer her music, I can admit she's talented. And I have no, no, I don't, I don't have anything bad towards her or anything like that when it comes to music um Billie Eilish uh same thing what I said with Post Malone I prefer her older music compared to her newer music I feel like she's trying to be edgy dark to push this um agenda this personality I would say and like you know you can do it I can't stop her but preferably I like her older stuff it was her other stuff still had that little bit of edginess to it, but it wasn't to the point where it seemed very forced. Her music was a little bit more lighter and more, I think, not digestible, but it was just way more for me, way easier to listen to her. I'm gonna probably just skip a couple people, but on number five, we have Drake. You already know Drake is probably one of the most well-known rappers because he gets played everywhere um six he got some travis scott i think a lot of people know i really like travis scott like i said with autotune and stuff you know how i feel about that number nine we have Lil Nas x he's i feel like a lot of people thought he was just gonna be a one-hit wonder old town role but i i had i was probably like one of the few people at the very beginning i thought maybe he he had a chance because he had something you know Kind of original with the country and rap being integrated into the same body of work in that one song. So I knew he had something going for him. And I didn't know if he was going to build on that or change up his style. But he still seems to be here and still seems to be getting plays. So he's doing pretty good for himself. Skip, skip, skip. I'm going to skip a couple people because I'm going to bounce around because I've talked about a couple of these people. Um, Chris Brown, we're not gonna talk about that. 28, we have J. Cole. I really like J. Cole. I think people hype him up on his lyrics way too much. Like, he's such a great lyricist. Like, he has his moments, don't get me wrong. But I think people base him off of his lyrical ability way too much. 37, Lady Gaga. I really love Lady Gaga. And her new album was, her newest album was a great album. And although I may not listen to it as much as some people, I really go back to her older stuff. And Art Pop being one of my favorite albums of all time, definitely when it comes to the pop genre, she's a very unique woman. And I really can appreciate that about her as an artist and a person. Um... But 50 Bruno Mars. I think Bruno Mars has been around long enough to know what to do to stay in the loop. I think he just 
for Bruno Mars, he's never constantly talked about. Like, everybody knows who he is. But I feel like he makes a couple hit songs. He'll take a little break, come back with another hit song. But he only does it enough to actually stay in the loop and keep his fame and his name known. So, I can respect that. Um, 51 Young Thug, like I said, is really in... He influences a good amount of people in the rap game, which is very respectable. Uh, and I, I really can respect his takes on his all his projects. Have like if you listen to one project, you can distinguish it from another past project or future project, or you know it just depends on what you're looking at. He has very uh, a good job at distinguishing himself. From a lot of rappers, and I can respect that. Um, 61 Normani, very talented singer. I've never really got deep into her catalog or anything like that, but from the few songs I have heard from her, she is a pretty decent singer. Sorry about that. Um, 66 Summer Walker, I actually want to touch up on this. And I'll probably do a couple more and then I'm done with this segment. Summer Walker, I feel like she has the talent. And although she may not be the best vocalist out there when it comes to the genre of that R&B. But she, I feel like if she can continue to actually build up on herself as a person, she'll get farther in her music because... The stuff I've been hearing about her as a person, I know I said I was going to try to stray away from that. I only talk about the music because that's what I I like doing. I like talking about music. I like dissecting stuff. Um, is that she, you know, she always has a, a problem or an excuse to prohibit full potential. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But as an artist, I think she is doing pretty well. I did prefer her first project um, compared to the second one. The second, it was good, but it's like I preferably just I always come back to the old one because of it. It has like that under not underground, but it, it was more tone. It was more depth. It was more emotion. Um, and over it. It had they, some emotion. It had that R&B factor that a lot of people went to. It's just me personally. Last day of summer, it just it just hit a little bit more. Um, Seventy Trippy Red. I am a pretty. I think I'll say I'm a decent fan of Trippy Red. Like I like a lot of his music, and he's one of the most inconsistent when we're talking about albums recently, but. I still can respect a lot of the songs he makes. Um, 71, we have Tyler the Creator. I don't think I've really talked about Tyler the Creator a lot, except for like a little bit more Eeyore. But I'm just going to talk about Tyler the Creator as an artist. His evolution, he's been making music for rough, a dec- about a decade now. Yeah, a decade. We're going to get into it. Um, seeing him from, you know, Bastard to Goblin to, you know, all that stuff and Wolf and Cherry Bomb and Flower Boy, now you have Igor and him working with 
uh, Future and Arrow and all of them. Um, to see his evolution as an artist, I I can respect that. Because he started out very young. And with young, when you're young, it's arrogance. You know, he didn't take it, he took it seriously. Well, it was like he, took it, he didn't take it serious. But I think he definitely takes his work more serious. He's recently been producing. Well, his music to me is now very art-like. You, you know, you listen to it and it's a piece of art, a masterpiece of that. And his new stuff has definitely, in my opinion, are years down the line, his new stuff are going to be considered as classics. I think Flower Boy now has already been categorized by many to be a classic already, even though it's only been out for about two years now. And in my wholeheartedly opinion, Flower Boy is a classic. It is very atmospheric. It's not, at, I wouldn't say it's too atmospheric, but it has a tone, it has an attitude, it has a sound that compared to any of his other projects is so beautifully made with the production and then the art cover and then the songs and the features. Everything just comes together so well. And I'm so glad to have seen his evolution from listening to him all the way from Bastard to now. And I really do love his older stuff. Like, I always go back to Goblin and Cherry Bomb. And Wolf is my personal, subjective favorite that I listen to the most. Wolf, for me, is just, I have a connection with Wolf. But Flower Boy and Igor objectively like we're talking about composition production lyrical wise sound wise sonically it they are better albums and his progression and his evolution is one for the decade honestly and i'm glad that we've ended the decade with probably one of my favorite rap slash neon soul albums and it's, it's, it's just great you know all these artists I feel like, you know, if they're on the chart, they have to be some decent of good, like, because most of the albums, not albums, but, oh, most of the artists on here are decent, are very decent to very good, so, at the end of this segment, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the next one, which is more of personal tasting, so I'm going to have to get right into that. Alright, going into our next segment, we're going to be talking about my top 15 albums. I did a blog of my top 25, but I feel like for this right here, this segment, I'm going to kind of condense it down and talk about 15 instead, uh, the top 15 actually, um, and I have a 15th place, and this is actually in order, um, Revenge of the Dreamers 3 by Dreamville, the label, um, I'm not gonna actually read it for word for word, cause I ain't got time for that, but I'm gonna summarize why I personally have these albums on my list, why I think they're the best, and objectively and subjectively look at them and kind of break them down and analyze them and kind of dissect them a tad bit not too much because I don't want to make this way longer than it actually needs to be um 
So, like I said, this is for me in my top five best collaborative rap albums. Definitely, if, even if we don't look at all time and just look at this decade, it's still one of the best. And I, I honestly, we don't see too, 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 too many collaborative rap albums that make us go, wow, that's that was great. Because I've listened to a lot of collaborative rap albums this year, and they're good, but like they don't have that wow factor or that crazy replayability that this one has. Like I go back to this a lot, or it's a lot of songs on here specifically that I go back to. And I, I can just really respect the project and just respect what they did. Um, in 14th place, I have inqui- Injury Reserve. I'm sorry. <laughs> Injury Reserve is the self-titled project. Um, I feel like, as for me personally, out of their whole discography, for me, it's personally the one that I enjoy the most. Because sonically, I think the production, the flows, and the composition, and everything kind of just comes together. And... The production on here stands out to me kind of a good amount because, like, songs like Jailbreak the Tesla have that, like, electronic boom bap drum, and it just it, it comes together so well, and it kind of just helps the style of the project very well. And I can respect it. And then, can we please talk? About, I'll do one take a second <laughs> to talk about the features on this specific album. You have like Rico Nasty, Freddie Gibbs, JPEG Mafia. And those are some of my personal favorite rappers. If we're not talking about, like, objectively. Like, personally, those are rappers I listen to a lot. And to hear them actually take up a spot on this specific project and do really well at it. Like, it's not um, a feature that I did, I personally didn't. Like, I think everybody just kind of came, did their thing, and pretty, did a pretty good job at it as well. And um, 13th, I got What Chaos is Imaginary by Girl Pool. Um, for this, I feel like I personally like this just not because it was flawless in any way. Um, it was just the emotion. I think emotions and just having that feel, that tone, that atmosphere, that nicotine, that uh. All that being one album does something to it sonically. And I don't think I've ever heard an album like that, not from this year or ever, that has made me kind of debate on whether we should look at albums based solely on emotion sometimes. Like, emotion can definitely harbor a lot in the project. And Tucker's voice has definitely got deeper as she transitioned. So you can definitely tell the two singers' voices apart now. And it, 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 sonically, it sounds really good to have that um, that soft voice versus that deep voice. It kind of comes together greatly. And it's, a, it's just a great indie album, right? And I don't think a lot of people actually heard or sat down to listen to that, but... I'm telling you right now, it's definitely something I would recommend definitely to go check out. As personally, it is one of my favorite albums. But I ranked, I, I ranked it lower 
because I kind of break this on a lot of things as, you know, the sound, instrumentation, the pros and cons of each album are not pros and cons, but like the, some of the flaws. I feel like this album did have, a good amount of flaws so I kind of ranked it a little bit lower but regardless the emotions that you receive in that album are plentiful and it's a good way to you know just it's very calming to emotion it's a calm for emotional roller coaster um if that makes any sense in 12th place I have Rogue by Yuna. Yuna is one of my favorite, personal favorite R&B artists. Um, even though she has dabbled in a couple other genres, she mainly, I would say she's a R&B artist majority of the time. And she always has that R&B sound. So and her voice, I always, I loved her voice. It's soft. It's, no one's like I would say sultry to, to a, a degree, but she has a great voice. It's calm, it's soothing. It, it can be a lot of things. It can be very, very, uh, it can be very emotional. It can be very uh, thought-provoking, powerful. Her voice can do a lot of things and it definitely can um, sh- um, showcase emotion, in my opinion. When you hear her, she just has a sound. And she does also incorporate a lot of... Because she's Malaysian. So she does incorporate a lot of sounds and elements from her culture. Which if you listen, you can hear her production and instrumentation. And I can really respect that. Uh, so a little culture. Um, and she just she just does a lot in this album that I never... I feel like in this um, album... What makes it so good as well, like, she's definitely, of these years that she has been making music and bringing it out, I've seen her gain a lot of confidence. Like, in chapters, it was her mostly being vulnerable with the fact that, with being vulnerable with her emotions, I would like to say. With this, it's kind of she's just letting it all loose, and she's telling you this is this, this is that, but... She does, she does it with confidence, and I think that does, definitely helps separate this project from anything she has done in the past. Because confidence, if you are confident in the art you make, it's going to sound better. And so you hear that in this. She's a little bit more quirky. I don't know if that's the right exact word I want to use. But you, it's, it's a little bit more in your face now. She's a little bit more in your face, but in a very good way. Not to, you know, be obnoxious and sound horrible. But she, she does it in a very good way. Um, With only a handful of features on here, like G-Eazy, Lil Sims, uh, Tyler Creator even. All of them, they bring something to the table when it comes to their features on there. But like I said, this is probably one of my this is one of my well one of my favorite R and B albums of this year, um, which is why it's on here. I know this one may be a little if you listen to it and you know if you listen to a lot of albums, a lot of people are split on this. But I have in my eleventh place, I have Hot Pink by Doja Cat. Um, I've de- I've been following Doja Cat since like the middle, not gonna say middle, but the, like end of two thousand fifteen. 
and most people, including me, would call it her SoundCloud days because that's when she majority put like her music on SoundCloud because she was a small artist, you know, just making music in her room. Um, and like seeing her pu- improvement from then to now, uh, it's kind of wild because Doja has a lot of versatility which I think definitely contributes to replayability. Like, no song, no two songs sound exactly the same. Her production is very, you know, it can be very quirky. It can be a little wild. And, you know, she has elements, like, from rules. It has, like, that country vibe, that uh, Western vibe, and I really enjoyed that. And songs like Say So and Addiction had that, you know, the production has a very pop essence, and it all kind of just, even though all the songs have that different um, the, their differences, and you can distinguish them, and you can be like, hey, that's that song, that's that song. Everything kind of comes together when you listen to the full project and the, the full album, and you can just really respect what she did. Um, and I think as an artist, she's definitely improved, and I feel like she can still improve a bit more, but I feel like this is far from flawless, but it's still a fun pop rap album that I would recommend to anyone who's willing to give it a try because she's a great female rap artist most people have heard of her from her rap song Moo which you know a lot of people heard that song and decided not to take her serious but if you take her serious and listen to her even her older stuff and even this album you can you know figure out why a lot of people actually like her and number 10 I have When I Get Home by Solange um for this, uh, this album is just so, if I had to pick the most, like, cohesive body of music that I've listened to this year, it would be this album specifically, because it's something about all the tracks, they all come together so nicely and so smooth, and Solange, I don't know, a lot of people didn't pay attention to Solange, because, you know, if you just... Beyonce and her sister, so Beyonce got the spotlight. But Solange, I don't know. For me personally, I find myself going back to Solange a lot more recently. No shade. But with a magical intro, like things I imagine, with this almost whimsical instrumental and Solange's beautiful voice getting us ready for one of the best funky hip R&B classics that help ease us into the end of the decade. This album is filled with banger after banger, honestly. And everyone has been talking about it because of how good it is. Being very airy and easy to listen to because the tracks never drag out, with most of the tracks being under four minutes, which I think very well contributes to the fact that I personally do not like long songs. There's a few expectations, expe- uh, few, what's the word? There's a few expectations. That's not the word though. It's a, it's a few songs that I let slide, even if they're really long, because they very good to listen to, I'm not saying, but personally, you won't catch me listening to long, long songs, uh, I found them to drag out a bit, um, which is why I appreciate that the tracks are here are kind of short, but they all sound good, and they all convey something, and I can really appreciate that, um, and she definitely shows black excellence to the fullest, because this, um, project embodies the word soul, and it does it so perfectly, it's, it's, it's a great project and I really I have nothing bad to say about this album because it's just you know it has a wall put up for you and it's it's great it's great it's a great album 
I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I could talk about it all day. But it's a really good album, don't get me wrong. Uh, Love Worm by Bad B-Doe-B. Hopefully I said that right. I always say her name wrong. I don't know why. But that album, Love Worm, I recently got into her. Like, I've heard of her. I've heard a few songs from her in the past before this album. But I never took the time to actually sit there and be like, I'm going to actually get into her discography. If I like her, I like her. I'm going to listen to her a lot. But if I don't, I'm going to just leave her alone. But Love One came out, and it was in my recommendations on Spotify. So I clicked on it. I listened to the full album. And I really enjoyed it. But I didn't really get that wow factor on the first go. And But I kept finding myself going back to that specific album. Because the songs were just... So simple, but they were so good. I mean, simple at its finest form. Because, you know, a lot of the people, when you're trying to do good, they overdo it. And it makes some things sound bad or overbearing. Which, I'm, I'm kind of glad this project stayed simple because it, it works very well. And her voice is always vibrating with, like, emotions. And the sweet, mellow production all comes together so well. And the lyrics are so... They evoke so much emotion, and it can be very relatable. I feel like her music, I feel like a lot of people like it, is because of how relatable it is. It sounds like something a person could actually say, but she sings it instead, which is why a lot of people, I feel like, go back to her a lot. And I feel like that's kind of why I went back to her a lot, because of the uh, relatability she has in her music. It's very real. Um, But I also want to talk about the, uh, she released a live version. It's also on Spotify, so YouTube, you can find it everywhere. Um, but she kind of just, it's kind of a, like I said, a live version. She just sat in her room and she just played the acoustic guitar and she sung it. And it's very beautiful. It's a, but I would classify this album under like the bedroom pop, the indie, but it's, it's worth every listen. And I think if you, if that's something you think you would be into, I definitely would recommend it. Um, number eight, we have Sunshine Kitty by Toblo. Um, I feel like Toblo has definitely, as an artist, continued to kind of build up on her sound. Like, she makes small, not sudden, but small changes here and there. And sometimes they work very, very well. And sometimes I'm like, eh, it's good. But I feel like she could have done a little something else to make this better. But she's always, she's making small changes here and there, tweaking little things. Which is kind of why I like her, the subtle changes and sound and production really they do go a long way but i feel like in this album like for yuna she sounds a little bit more confident and happy in this like she knows what's going on but even the songs like even the songs you know she's talking about heartbreak and broken promises and hey you know her ex ex ex-girlfriend or her ex's new girlfriend sorry about that um but the production is crisp and it's very pop and it has a, a few more electronic sounding elements, which I also think help contribute to why I kind of liked it. Because I'm, I'm not a big electronic head, but I can respect a few electronic production sounding elements in a song. If it sounds good, and it does. Um, and she has a few features. I wouldn't say... They're the best features, but they don't take away from the experience while you're listening at all. You have features like Doja Cat, which I, I, I know I like it way more than I actually need to, but whatever. 
you got Kelly Mungu, uh, Alma, I don't be knowing these people's names, but they all bring a little something to the project, respectively, and they don't take away from experience. They're not the best features in the world, but they, they bring a little something, and they kind of just leave it, you know? Seven, we have Norman Rockwell by Lana Del Rey, um... A lot of people, because she was releasing singles, like, people knew what was going, like, Venice, bitch, and Hope is a Dangerous Thing for a Woman to Have, um, Marina's Apartment Complex, and The Greatest, and she even covered some lines doing time. We, we knew what was going on, and all those singles had something that kept us coming back because I listened to those singles every night before I went to sleep. Definitely um, Marina's apartment complex because uh, listen to me when I say this, that was on every night because of how calm it was. But everybody was, you know, had positive vibes. Everybody knew it was going to be good. And it's so psychedelic. It's like a surf rock, melancholy, nostalgic-inducing atmosphere. And I feel like you find yourself trapped in this album. Like you listen to it once, and it's, it's you you know as soon as you listen to it, this is a good album after the first song. You know what's going down. But you listen to it, and you continue to listen to it, and you find yourself having it on replay without you even knowing it, and you realize you had it on replay for about five weeks. And then you're wondering why you haven't found no new music recently because you've been stuck on this album. Um, I feel like every time Lana releases an album, it's like a new chapter in her artistry. Um, she she has that you know that falsetto, that deep vibration, that survival, resilience, and strength, all in that her voice and the sound and the tone she sets, the attitude. Um, and she continues to reach higher and higher with, you know, every sequential album providing fans that, you know, her reign on the music industry is still going full-fledged and she hasn't backed down. And everybody already knows Lana is going to be around for a long time. And I hope she does because she, she honestly does make really good music. And I wouldn't say it's for everybody because a lot of people say she's, you know, boring. She's too soft sounding. She's too mellow for a lot of people. Which is why you never really hear her on the radio like that. Uh, you know, at least I don't. No, I don't know the radio that I listen to. Because she's, I don't think she's trying to fit into that pop standard thing that everybody's trying to be right about now in this time of moment. But she does what she does well. And I can respect that. Um, number six, we have Igor by Tyler the Creator. I did touch up on this a little bit. So I'm not going to spend so much time talking about this album. Even though I really wish I could. Uh, I can, but I'm not going to because I don't want to make this way, way, way too long. Um, it hit for a while. It was number one on the Billboard charts. And that was with good reason. That neon soul, that rap, that R&B, all those things. Like I said, just come together so well. His evolution of the decade has definitely showed that he, he can do it. And production, his production, like on songs like New Magic One and The Boy Is A Gun are so just, they're so gripping. And even just from the production alone, you sense emotions and all this stuff that I can't explain. But if you listen and you've heard it, which I'm suspecting majority of you have, you already know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to touch on it way, way too much. 
But even though he has taken a softer tone and has dialed things back from like his past aggressive tone with his new stuff like Flower Boy, he still even, you know, comes back with remarkable wordplay and maturity throughout his lyrics. Like, you know, with songs like What's Good, they're still hard hitting. But they never take you out the experience of him trying to find himself or whatever he's trying to do. And the steps in the project are very good, in my opinion, like self-production. Because they always pair up great with Tyler's voice. Because Tyler has a deep voice, but in this project, he made his voice a little bit lighter, a little bit high-pitched. Um, personally, I, I really enjoyed the album. I think a lot of people did. It did great critically and commercially. So that, that answers a lot of things for you right there. Um, number five, I have Gray Area by Little Sims. I'm going to take a little bit more time on this album because I feel deep down in my soul. A good amount of people know who Little Sims is. She is a female rapper based in the UK. Um, and I started listening to her at the end of 2015. Um, and I've always respected, you know, what she did in any of her albums or projects or whatever she did. Because she had her way of doing it, and she was just one of the better rapper, female rappers, or even rapper in general in the UK. Because I'm not too big on UK rappers. Like, I can respect their talents, but for some reason, I can't really get into them heavily like that. But she isn't, um, she's one of those I just, I cherish. I really do. Because her production is so smooth, and her voice is almost magical in a sense. Because you have that jazz, that R&B, that bass. And not a production, it just feel, fits well with the themes and what she raps about. Um, this is stuff like drums, piano, and string instruments that play a big role in like what is used in the production and instrumentation throughout the album. And I think it's, it's if you listen to it, it's a great listen. But if you're wondering what the concept is of the album, it's kind of like, you know, basically her figuring out and navigating throughout life. And I think the lyrics is, um, express that very well. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's a simple concept, but she does it in a way to where it, it, she makes it her own, like, it's her experience, you know? And songs like Boss and Selfish. Selfish is one of my favorite songs of this year. That song right there, ooh, made me want to just, uh, it's a great song. I mean, even if you just want to check out that song, it's a great song. Little Sims is a great rapper. And I really respect her and what she has provided in the rap game over there. And I hope she continues to thrive because she got a splash and she has a following now, mainly because of this album. A lot of people have been talking about it. And I'm glad about that because she definitely deserves all the hype she is getting. All right. Um, number four, we have Jinx by Crumb. Um, this album... When I first heard it, I didn't know if I liked it or not. Because I've listened to albums like this. And I was like, okay, it's good, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if I'm, this is one of the albums I'm going to have on repeat. But then I lied to myself and I had it on repeat for maybe nonstop for like four weeks. At max, for three, four weeks. Because as you play it you continue to keep on playing it without, like, it kind of doesn't cross your mind that you've already heard this song, like, 50 times. And the album is not long at all. It's, like, 34 minutes, I believe. Um, 
it's not a very extremely long album. Like, you can get through it really quick. It's like the, ep- the time length of the episode of a TV show. So, you can play it so many times and have it on replay and not know it. Like, you just, it's kind of just in the background. But you always catch it and it's so good. But, you know, Crumb is a psych rock band. They psych rock indie band. Um... And they give shape to, you know, a lot of atmosphere and ambience. And it's very hypnotizing, you know. It's very bending in a way because it's so... It makes a clear-eyed perspective of, like, all these things. And it's very dreamy with, like, keyboards, guitar. And it you can even hear, like, the sound of, like, anxiety almost uh, inducing anxiety from the sound of the album of how much atmosphere it's like almost like an isolation type thing but you find yourself still listening to it because it gives off these vibes that you cannot let go of and you know I personally would say it would be a crime to have an album that's calm and soothing like I fell asleep to this album on multiple occasions that's just how calm it is if you just need something to go to sleep then listen to it because technically you wouldn't be listening to it but they'll help you fall asleep like that but um i think that's one i think a lot of people should listen to and i'm not saying it's for everyone i know it's not for everyone but even just listening to it once would you know mean a lot mm-hmm. so number three we have anger management by rico nasty it's a weird placement like i have to set number three <laughs> but it's my list, so um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. Because I think this one is just, personally, it's the energy. Rico has an energy that nobody, it's untouched the way Rico can have so much energy. And it's her attitude, it's her style, all that stuff just incorporates into her music sonically. And then Kenny... His production on here is very bass-driven, hard rap, trap, bass bumping, all that. And that with Rico's energy, every time Kenny and Rico get together to make anything, even if it's just a song, it always hits. And I know not everybody is into Rico screaming, and this one is very based on like her scream rap. Um, side of stuff, even though she does have softer music, you don't have to go into her other projects to find that. This one is more on the hard hitting, screaming, bass, all that stuff you would find here. And from her mixtapes and even this album, she does she has been getting clout around this year, and I think she, you know, she deserves that because she's a very rounded person when it comes to you know her music and stuff, and she she does it in a way. And I feel like she is one of the better female rappers out here right about now. Because she just has her own energy and her own way right now. Um, but she's very talented. So I'll give, I'm going to give her that. Um, number two, we have Uncle Jazz by Midnight Trust. Oh my God. I'm, I have a script for this one because I, honestly, if I sat here and talked about it off the top of my head like the other albums I kind of knew what I wanted to say but for this I had to write a I had to write a little paragraph to read because like it's stuff I don't want to miss because this album is just it's a lot to take in I think the album is like an hour it's a little bit past an hour but it's it's so good so I'm gonna go ahead and read it so y'all can kind of get it all right 
If you look in a dictionary and go to the word calming, you'll find this band's name. I've waited for this release for a long time before it came out, and when I first listened to it, I was in complete awe. The production included all live instrumentation and instrument recordings from the band. Drums, bass, guitar, piano, and vocals from Emma. To this day, there is no voice that can soothe and bring me to peace like Emma's. The world could be ending, and I wouldn't give up. Because her voice, while it may not be the most strongest, the most powerful, or the most, you know, vocally, sonically best singing voice, she just has that calming factor. Though the album has no set concept or complete idea it's trying to convey, every song has something you just have to be willing to listen to, you know? From things such as love, going somewhere new, and just feeling numbness, every song that's said on this album is used to say or make you feel something. And the band does a great job with their writing ability, which is simple and effective at the same time. And I really just respect this band. This band has been around for a hot minute now, and I've been following them. Like I said before, I was waiting for this album to drop, you know, like, I stayed up to 12 o'clock in the morning on a school night. I repeat, on a school night to listen to this specific album. And it did not fail. And I listened to it the next day during school the whole day on repeat. Teacher told me to take out my earbuds. No, the album was too good. It's, it's, I feel like everybody could listen to it. It may not even be your style, but it's just so good and jazzy and calm. And it's very indie that you just have no choice but to like it. Because I love it. I really do. Alright. So at number one we have Atlanta Millionaires Club. By Faye Webster. This one I also wrote a little paragraph. Because I don't want to miss anything. When writing this. Because once again this is an album that I really do enjoy. And. You know, I hope y'all check it out. I really do because it's, it's a really good one. So we're at number one, and this is the only one that's in the right order. This album is the best piece of music I've heard of this year, and I, I honestly believe that. I've heard approximately, like I said before, over 200 albums just this year alone. That's a lot of music, but no other project had hit me emotionally and sonically the way this has. It's emotional chords with both the production, songwriting, and Faye's vocals. It all matches together perfectly like a masterpiece that it is. The respect that I have for this woman because of this project alone is too great to put down in words. The pure fact that she said this is her sincerest project is also great because you can tell that she didn't make it complex, just sat down and wrote what was on her mind, how and what she was feeling. And it shows. The vulnerability is what makes this feel so raw and real. If I could ever do this, I would be so proud of myself. But that's probably not going to happen. It's simple but great sounding chord progressions. The soft rhythm of the drums. Faye's voice dripping with every humanly possible emotion. I'm begging people to listen to this album. I've never did that before. But I'm begging you to listen to this album because it was so good. I begged my mom to listen to it. Beg my grandma to listen to it. Beg my sister to listen to it. But no, really, it's really great. And it's not perfect. But it's very close. And it's as close as you can get to being a flawless album when it comes to music. And I just, I don't think I've ever heard anything so good. 
in my whole entire life. Uh, everything is just good. And there's only one feature on the whole album. And that's on the last song. So it's just all Faye. It's all her. And she does such a great job at just carrying her own project to the finish line. I'm begging you to please check this out. I'm going to say the name one more time. And you better look it up too. It's Atlanta Millionaire's Club by Faye Webster. And that is the only album you listen to off of this list today. That's all you need, honestly. That is that sums up this year. That's the best album of this year, hands down. And I, I not even a lot of people have been even talking about this album because she is a very she is a smaller artist. She is a very small artist actually. But she has a little cult following because of this album. And I think a good amount of people have actually been listening to this and giving it the praise it deserves. But I want more people to listen to it, which is why I'm telling y'all about this album specifically and why I'm talking so much about it why I am begging you to listen to it but this is the end of this segment this is my top 15 albums of 2019 and I'm done all right so we're on the final segment of this podcast and I would like to quickly just talk about some of my top songs from this year because I I just talked about my the top albums but what about the songs because it's a lot of the artists that I listen to that don't have any projects or albums out but they have released some great great singles so we're going to talk about a few I don't have a set number but just a couple of my top songs from this year that I feel really just fine great points of this year um the first song i'm probably gonna talk about real quick is jailbreak the tesla um by injury reserve um i don't know it's something about that song is it's not even like the best lyrically song because it is a rap song i think a good amount of people have heard it but it's the production i think that really just carries this song like lyrically the song is good too but it's not the best but i feel like the production itself is just so energetic and it can really get you in a hyped very hyped state which i feel like why is why it's like it's a song up that i listen to a lot um it's just a great song and you have aloha by denzel curry and because denzel curry is is one of my favorite rappers right about now i've been listening to him a lot and aloha it's fun like I don't think this is a song that he wants it's not a very serious song at all like a lot of his songs well some of his songs are on the more serious note but this one is so catchy and fun and the hook uh when I say chorus is just very catchy and you you find yourself having a song on repeat a lot just because of how fun it sounds you know um next we have leave me alone by Carrie Fox um this song came out at the beginning of this year. Well, closer to the beginning of this year, more I say. And it just, it was from her EP. And Leave Me Alone is legit probably one of the most, for me, one of, a more, one of the more sonically pleasing songs to my ears that I've heard this year. And it's just, it has that R&B, neon soul feel in the production. All of the production is not the most, like, best i would say not it's not bad sounding at all but it's not so complex and intricate it's it's kind of simple but at the same time it does what it needs to and carrie fox's voice and her rapping all come together and it folds very well on this track um sweet sounds of ignorance by soko 
Um, that is a indie artist that I listen to. And she released a couple singles, but I feel like this song right here I had on repeat for the most. Um, it's just, if you know, the song title kind of says it all, Sweet Sound of Ignorance. A lot of people, it kind of just conveys that thought of ignorance and, you know, trying to not have it as much because a lot of us are ignorant at times, even though we try not to be, but we're human and it's, it, we just go through phases. And I think she talks about it and she words a lot of things very well in this song. And it's so calm, but it also gives you that very sad tone, that attitude, that atmosphere. It's kind of very, um, not dark, but it's more like a gray tone. But it's, it's a pretty sad, soft-sounding song that I found myself listening to a lot because of just how much it resonated with, you know, I think it fits in today's world. Um, and then I have Addiction by Doji Cat. Probably being one of my favorite songs from her new album, Hot Pink, that which I had discussed in the last segment. It's just, I don't know. It's not, I don't even think it's, I, personally, I don't even think it's the best song. Uh, it's not one of the better songs in the album. But for me, it's something about it. Like, the chorus, the hook, it, it's just so catchy to me. And every time it come on, I find myself singing along to the chorus and hook every single time. Even if I, I usually sing the verses, but if I don't sing the verses, I always sing the hook and chorus because it's just so catchy. Like the song, even the production is just catchy. You gotta love a catchy tune. I think that's that's kind of what it was for the album. It was catchy, but it also had a little bit of meaning in the lyrics. The lyrics are pretty good. Like it wasn't nothing crazy or special, but it's a good song regardless. Um, All Night by Midnight Trust is a, like I said, Emma's voice definitely shines on here. The live instrumentation for the, um, track also helps bring that sense of realism to the music that I don't feel in a lot of songs today because everything is, you gotta go digitally, you gotta go electronic, but the fact that they record on actual instruments, real genre, guitars, real pianos, really does give me a sense of realism, it's kind of just based in reality, so when she sings about what she sings about, you honestly feel it, and I believe that's just kind of what I respected from it. Um, X-Ray Vision by Sophia Myers. though she is a very small artist, and she kind of has been getting a little following because of the song, um, I think it's just one of those tracks that just incorporated R&B and, and a little bit of pop together. And it, not I want to say equally, but it did it well. And lyrically, it's, 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 she's saying, lyrically, it's, it's kind of, the lyrics are kind of relatable. Like, you know, it's one of those quote-unquote love songs, not a love song type thing, but it's good. Fresh Laundry by Ellie X. This is a song where Ellie's voice, that her voice, like I said, this song right here, it shines through. Because Ellie has all her vocal like evolution from her career to now. This song definitely just displays one of her like more crisp, cleaner vocal singing. Like this song showcases that. Um, and I just I don't think I've ever heard a song from her that, in my opinion, this song sounds so clean, crisp, and it's kind of catchy, too. Like, it's not overly catchy, 
but it sounds really, really good, and I definitely would give it a try. Um, Time Machine by Willow Smith. Uh, Willow is just a lot. You know, a lot of people will call her new stuff. She 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 definitely has gotten more mature in her um, music. Even her album Willow was in my top 25 albums list. It just didn't make the top 15, which it almost did, but I debated. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to just leave it where it's at. But it's de- it was definitely a close call. I, I, call, I would call it an honorable mention. But we're talking about the song Time Machine by her. And that right there, it, I feel like both her voice and the production go well together. And I, I don't know. I just, Willow, in her matureness, it definitely gives it a very mature vibe because she talks and it's kind of it's a very sway song a very sway song um it's like one of those songs you kind of listen to you can just sway a little bit like it's one of those songs and um everybody that i've told to listen to that song has really enjoyed it so if, if you think that's something you'd be into then go ahead um next we have sugar honey iced tea by princess nokia um, I've always been a fan of, fan of Princess Nokia, this metallic butterfly. I always thought she was unique, and she did something a little different with her music compared to a lot of female artists at the time. And she just stood out to me a little bit more compared to, you know, other female artists that I was listening to at the time, like I said. She stood out. And this, I feel like she took a more contemporary approach not like pop but with the r&b and she rap and it's just the production and she was spitting some real stuff and it may not be the most complex she's got with her lyrical ability but she sounds really good and it's nothing you don't like about the song and then the live version she did for that song every time she sings our per se raps that song live it just sounds so good sonically and the instrumentation and production is very well as well um we have, like I said, self selfish by uh, Little Sims. Another song where it just sounds really good because it has that singing element, but it also has that rap, and it kind of just comes together. And it's just like that uh, the drums in that song and the production definitely stands out to me like it's not even overly complex it's not a complex like drum pattern quote-unquote but it, it just adds a little something to the song that i personally really enjoy um you have choke by poppy uh i've i honestly have not been a big fan of poppy but her um choke ep definitely had got me more to her discography or not her whole discography, but I decided to give it another chance. But Choke is one of those songs that it just, it's like, it's not overly bearing, not overbearing, but it has a good amount of things going on, on that you can focus on at the same time you can't. Because the, pro, the production is kind of wild and it's kind of chaotic and sporadic. But at the same time, it's not. And then Poppy's voice is like, her voice is always like on the softer side. But all of it just kind of comes together in the end. Um, Pink Youth by Yuna with Lil Sim. That is just, that is a song that I really enjoy. It's not the best song. 
but it sounds so good and it's it's just a good song you know it's just a good song <laughs> um 10% by never mind, never mind, never mind. Um, Hurts Me Too by Faye Webster and Right Side of My Neck by Faye Webster. I'm going to put those songs together because I kind of can use the same thing to describe them. Her, um, like I said, her guitar chord progressions, her um, chord progressions in her songs are sometimes very simple, but at the same time, complex at the same time. But like, I can play some of them, but like I try to spot them. But sometimes I, it's just like one or two chords that I just cannot get. And it, it just sound really good. It fades vocals. Like, um, Hurts Me Too. It's a very emotional song, lyrically and vocally. And even with the um, instrumentation slash production, it's all so emotional. And it kind of just hits you when that's in your heart. And it's very emotional. It makes you think a little bit, you know? Um, do we have I Think by Tyler the Creator? Uh, he Tyler the Creator, like I said, it's just he's uh, the his production really shines, and a lot of his songs from Igor. And I think this one is just one of my favorite songs when it comes to production, and also, um, lyric not lyrically, but both. Vocally, vocally, he has a a good sounding voice in this um this song specifically. I think it's a really good song in my opinion from that album. Is what it's I would say it's my top three for that album, Igor. But all of them are equally good songs, and I always find myself having the album on replay every now and then because it's just a really good album. But you know, there's nothing more I have to say on that. This is the last segment, so let me go ahead and get to the outro. Because this is already way longer than I thought it would be. So let's jump right into it. With me saying this was going to be 30 to maybe 40 minutes, I did not realize that I would be talking so much. And this podcast is going to be more than an hour and 20 minutes. Um, I'm sorry for the uh false numbering but um we're here and this you know some of this was scripted some of it was not some most of it was off the dome because I I don't have a time to write a script for a podcast because I'm just I honestly I think I um describe things better off the head but this is the outro, so I'm not trying to talk for too long. I'm trying to get y'all out of here. But um, if you did make it this far and you did happen to finish, thank you very much. I appreciate you. I love you. And thank you so much. But if, you know, I say I'm going to make another podcast next week, but you, you can never trust that. So I'm going to leave you on this note that I will see you or you will hear me when you hear me. Um, But once again, thank you for listening and um, have a great day Um, and see you next time. Peace. It's your girl, LG Savage.